Thank you so much for coming to church today. My name's John, uh, I'm the vicar here, and it is a total privilege uh, to have you here with us. We'd love to get to know you. My wife and I, Hannah, uh, help to lead the team in the church here. Um, we have a reading for today's um, uh, sermon, which is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 33, which should come up on the screen uh, behind me here. And um, uh, there's a little bit of crowd participation at the end. Ready? Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking in the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This is the word of the Lord. Over the past uh, four or five weeks, we have been in this series that we have entitled The Greatest is Love, really kind of uh, looking at how we are as a church based on the famous passage from 1 Corinthians 13 that says this, now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And I, uh, I want to talk today uh, about love and financial generosity. We uh, talk about giving and uh, how we give to the life of the church here two times a year uh, as we seek to be a community that generously uh, responds to a God who has been generous to us. And if this is your first week here, welcome to church. Um, uh, I don't believe you've come on the wrong week. You'll be like, oh, of all the 50 other Sundays that I could have come. Uh, I believe that God is going to speak to us about each one of us, about our uh, generous, generous response to a generous God. And if you are visiting, uh, please do feel free to kind of take principles away into uh, whichever community that you are from. And so as we read scripture, the Bible, um, uh, it's financial generosity and giving is, termed, is talked about in terms of first fruits. Proverbs 3 says, honor the Lord from your wealth and from all the first of your produce. Uh, Exodus 34, you shall bring the very first of the fruits to your soil of the house and the Lord your God. It was a very agricultural time. Um, uh, this principle of bringing your very first that comes to you. And Jesus reinforces this principle by saying in Matthew 10, freely you have received, so therefore freely give. Freely we have received, so 
freely give. Um, actually, in the rush of just kind of getting up here, I, I totally forgot um, uh, that straight after this, I need to go and do the food shop. We forgot to do the online. Oh, you hate it when that happens. We forgot to do the online shop. And I need to go and get my uh, shopping for the week for our family. Does anyone have 60 quid on them? I do. Oh, oh. Abiel. Yeah. Wow. Look, look at that. It's like 60 quid. Just straight away. Round of applause for Abiel. So we'll carry on. Um, That's really, really generous of Abiel. Um, Kind of. Although this is actually my 60 quid. Uh, And um, uh, before the gathering this morning, I said, Abiel, I'm going to do a bit in my talk, yeah, uh, where I asked for 60 quid. Could you be the first one to jump up um, and give it to me? Uh, And so Abiel can be generous with her 60 quid because it wasn't really hers to start with. And you see, when it comes to generosity, when it comes to our money, our perspective of knowing freely we have received from God, we are so much quicker to be generous and give it away and invest and sow into other things. You see, God has given us life itself. He has given you skills, isms, opportunities, peace, protection, presence, and Provision, And so when it comes to money, we start with everything is first a gift from him. Everything that we receive is a gift from him. And when we start there, well then having a generous outlook on our finances becomes a lot easier. Our uh, reading today started with a therefore. And um, uh, I had this phrase this week, uh, whenever you see a therefore, you need to ask what is the therefore there for? Get it? Um, uh, it's really helpful because every time you see it, it happens a lot throughout uh, scripture. You kind of think therefore, especially if you're starting at the start of a chapter, you think therefore, and then Paul goes off into uh, a rant about something really helpful. Just turn back one chapter. What's the f- context? What's the framing of what's going on here? And so we're going to do the same thing. If we jump back to verse 19 before uh, in Matthew 6, it says this, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then jumping to verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Different word there translated in a new way. You cannot worship both God and money. Verse 25, where we started from. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. The context, the framing that Jesus is speaking into this famous passage about not worrying is seeking first the kingdom in the midst of worries about money and financial pressure. Amidst the financial pressures of life, rent, mortgages, kids, holidays, gas bills, rainy day savings, insurance, and the rest of it, Amidst all of that pressure, put the kingdom of God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek the way of Jesus. Seek the life of God in you and through you and have priority on that above all other things. 
See, Jesus um, speaks into this huge area of our discipleship, not to get money out of you. And really, like, that's actually not why I speak about this two times a year. I'm not really interested in like, how much can we kind of squeeze St. Mary's dry to do all the things that we want to do. Jesus talks about money and, and your priority because he cares about your heart. He cares about you and your formation, who you are becoming. You see, money is directly related to what you love. And so therefore, generosity is a matter of the heart. Famous phrase, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. So when the conditions of our heart are right, the overflow is generosity. And that's what we have in this passage, this long list of clothing and food and image and kind of comparison and what we do and don't have. He's saying, if you only focus on the worry and the concern, you're just going to spiral down and in. Your concerns are going to be down here and what's going on with my life? Do I have clothes? Do I have food to eat? But if we raise our sights... We raise at the perspective of our vision and seek first his kingdom, his expansive, good, great kingdom. We're going to go up and we're going to go out. Rather than down and in, we spiral up and out. And so God always caring about our hearts, which is why this is not a one-time topic for us. Those of you, as we celebrated last year, you've been here for five years, and you're like, oof, John's doing another giving talk. Here we go. You know, it, it's healthy for us to revisit, to come back, to check in with where is our perspective? Where is our focus? Where is our worry and concern? What are we looking at? And how can we get ourselves up and out rather than down and in? And this is what we set our sights on here as a community, as we raise our perspective to the kingdom of God at work in us. Our vision is to be a community following the way of Jesus, playing our part in the renewal of the city and beyond. You know, we want to be a church that isn't contained to a building that flows out and permeates all of society, uplifting and bringing hope to everyone that we would be a people who love our neighbours, where kindness is rife and generosity common, where the young and the old are filled with purpose and the rich and the poor overflow with compassion. And you know that's been our vision since day one and we are seeing that break out all over the place. Let me just share with you just some of the stories. Our meeting place that we run here on a Thursday, one of the members is called Sarah. Sarah hadn't left her home for two years before being invited to the meeting place in May 2021. Two years. Over the past two years, Sarah has grown in confidence and step by step as a regular member of that community. She attended Alpha course uh, where she found life in Jesus. And since then, Sarah has gone on to the food team for Alpha, the hosting team for the meeting place, and has last year been baptized. At Focus this summer, Sarah stood in front of 6,000 people and shared her testimony of transformation. Two years after not being able to leave the house. 
That is a radical change in heart and mind. And this September, through the support and mentorship of our incredible team who voluntarily give their time, Sarah is starting college, studying catering and hospitality. Feel free to give that a round of applause. <laughs> there were some very small clicks. I'll just tee you up. Let's just a round of applause after each one. Just feels good, doesn't it? Um, uh, I want to tell you about a young person before coming to St. Mary's. I, um, this is in her words. Before coming to St. Mary's, I was really struggling to find community to help me in the challenges of life, the, the challenges that life was throwing at me through college and culture. I knew that the first Sunday I came to Saints that I was supposed to be here. I remember I was super nervous, but was instantly put at ease through our youth leaders. They're like big brothers and sisters to me now. The team has had such an impact on me that I have found and developed a deep faith in Jesus. I recently invited one of my best friends who isn't a Christian. She was super nervous about coming, and to be honest, so was I. And I remember asking how she found it as we were leaving, and she turned to me and said, I have never been to a more welcoming place. It just feels like I've come home. I am so grateful for Saints Youth. Isn't that good? <laughs> Isaac, a man in his 20s, had grown up uh, with an awareness of faith but had fallen away from church. He woke up hungover one morning and made a to-do list of what he needed to do. It started with washing and cleaning, but the list grew grew bigger and broader until it became a lot more meta. And he wrote, work out what the point of life is. Isaac walks past um, our big kind of alpha sign that's out there on his way to work and encourages people to explore that very question. Isaac has now committed his life to Jesus, saying, I realised that my life wasn't about me, but about God and his glory. Now I want to live for him. He um, shared his story here last week or two weeks ago at the evening service. Um, And as I was standing out there on the door, um, I was talking to an older chap who was visiting for the day, and he was holding back the tears, talking to me about the impact of Isaac's story. Uh, He said, I've known Isaac almost his whole life, and I have prayed with him ever since his parents walked in off the street and did an alpha course in our church 20 years ago. Jesus is bringing people home. You see, everything that we do here is made possible by the generosity of those who give to this church. And these stories today and those many that we heard last week They are made possible because of the generous hearts and response of those who are seeking first the kingdom of God with what they have. This is the impact that we get to have as we sow into what God is doing here. And so when it comes to uh, giving, you might have some questions or you might have some things like racing around in your head and um, maybe, maybe it's this. I'm not sure what I give will make a difference. And I want to say today that anyone who thinks that their generosity is too small or too insignificant to make a difference, that with God, no one is too small and no one is too insignificant to make a difference. 
everything big starts small. In Matthew 13, Jesus gives us this principle when he gives us the parable of the mustard seed. You know, it's this basic principle, but it's like you don't look at a tiny little mustard seed and think, well, that's never going to be a tree. What I'm going to do, I'm just going to chuck it away. It's not even, there's no point even trying. No, you start with a seed and you sow it. You plant it into the ground, you water it, and then eventually an enormous mustard tree. This is God's economic framework, multiplication. He multiplies and he multiplies. Five years ago, there were eight of us in Hannah and I's living room. That was the church. There were eight of us just faithfully praying, God, would would others come to know your great love for them? Would others just experience something of your presence? And, And last Sunday, as we celebrated five years, we had just under 700 people attend our services here and at Lord's Hill. Yeah, whoa. You see, God takes... God takes our little offerings, our little eight gathered in a living room, and he multiplies them. It's just, that's how God does his economics. Something else you might be uh, thinking is, I'm not sure I can afford to give right now, or it's it's just not a good time for me. And I do want to say at this point, if you are genuinely in financial concern or you are tackling crippling debt, then please, please do not suffer in silence. Uh, We've got a team of people here. If you drop us an email or uh, send us a message, and we also run things like the money course that help with uh, day-to-day budgeting and financing, Uh, please don't suffer in silence. Uh, But for all of us, When it comes to, can I afford to give? For all of us, giving always involves sacrifice because giving is an act of worship. You see, Jesus has already sacrificed, offered himself for you and your freedom and he has done so gladly and with joy. And so our heartfelt response is to love him back is to offer something back in worship, in love, and in generosity. Not because we have to, not because I'm telling you to, not because you ought to, but because of God's great love for you, you want to. This is the worshipful overflow and response. In worship, we are placing our trust in a trustworthy God. We are placing our trust in a God who provides and guides We are taking not just our singing, our voices, as we've just done so, but our whole lives and saying, this life is what I have been given, Lord. And so with everything, everything that I have so freely received, I want to seek your kingdom first. So then in worship, the question becomes, well, if if God really is worthy of it all, and if, if from him are all things, And to him are all things. And if God deserves the glory, well then how do we respond with what's in our hands? I think a really helpful way to think about 
uh, giving is uh, thinking about a ladder, and I've mentioned this here before. And uh, some of you, uh, you are already on what I'd describe as the giving ladder. You're kind of giving away some of your income, and, and the excitement really starts to grow uh, when you can start to climb uh, the ladder. And so, step by step, you can kind of increase and stretch and kind of faithfully sow in uh, with your giving. And that's why, really, we do this two times a year so we can reassess and assess. But for some of you, you're not on the giving ladder yet. And it can sometimes feel like, I don't know if you've got a fear of ladders. Um, I don't, Hannah does. Um, uh, But um, when you look at a ladder, it can be like, gosh, that's quite big. Uh, And that goes quite high. And it can seem like, gosh, an enormous jump to go from zero all the way up to hero. Uh, And I want to encourage you today, just take one step. That's, that's all that God is, is really calling and ushering us into in the process of our heart being transformed and formed. Take one step onto the ladder and start your journey of generosity. Hannah and I have experienced this as we look to grow our generosity. We, we started somewhere else on the ladder and, and now through these last years, we're now on a different rung and it's amazing to look back and to, to see God has grown and developed our generosity through the process of taking one step at a time. And so whatever you do, don't count yourself out. Don't think that you're starting too small so it won't be worth it. Or don't think, oh gosh, this isn't a good time for me. And don't count yourself out because you look at the lad and you think, oh my gosh, that's so intimidating. Start with what you have, not with what you wish you had and not with what you haven't got yet. Another question might be that some of you think, okay, well, I think I, think I might give it how much? Like what's the right amount? Is there a rule? Is there a law about this? Well, kind of. In the Old Testament, people uh, were made, under the law of Moses, they were made to give 10% of their income. That's what those first two passages were referring to. But now with Jesus, we're free from the law. Hallelujah. And so the early church, when they were freed from the law, they didn't think, gosh, oh, it's so good to have Jesus, isn't he an absolute champ? Um, uh, But so good that we don't have to do that tithing thing anymore. Flip, we can just start to prioritize some uh, other things and kind of really get into it. No, that wasn't their response. Jesus had died for them to set them free. Everything they receive is a gift. Why would we give less than when we were giving under the compulsion of the law of Moses? You see, for them, 10% was their starting point. I think that a 10% tithe is a great inspiration for us, simply because if you don't have a benchmark, I think everything becomes quite fuzzy and vague. And so for, 10, so for some of you, 10% of your income will be like hugely sacrificial amount for you to give. But for others, 10% will be something to build from, will be a springboard to grow from. But here's the thing. The percentage isn't the point. We're not under the law anymore. It's not the rule, it's not the law, because this is a matter of your heart. As we read in verse 21 of Matthew 6, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, Jesus is saying, 
we invest into what we love. We invest our time, our money, our energy into the things that we love. So therefore, if you use your treasure, and this is the great thing about that passage, even if you're like not necessarily like, oh, I'm kind of like not motivated or, or a heartfelt thing to do so, but if you use your treasure, meaning your stuff, your time, your money, to be generous, well, then your heart will follow. Where you invest your treasure, there your heart will follow. Jesus is trying to get us to see this incredible thing that he said that still stands true 2,000 years later. It is more blessed for you to give than it is for you to receive. Lastly, um, you might be asking this question, so why me? Why now? Well, St. Mary's are the only people that give to St. Mary's. We are the only people uh, that invest into this vision here. We are funded by the community who come here and are part of what we are doing. And we do win grants from time to time, but they are applied for by the people of St. Mary's who are building towards what we are trying to achieve. And so if you attend here, if you feel part of what's going on here, if you're uh, regular in any way, then I want to say, and I want to invite you to come and invest into our family mission. Invest, become part of, feel a sense of belonging into what we are doing. And so to help each of us consider that, um, uh, I have a really exciting amount of money to tell you about today. Who's, Who's pumped for this number? I am. It's it's a very exciting number. It actually raises quite a lot of faith um, uh, when we see it. And this number has been set by uh, our finance team and our church wardens, who uh, those are the people who are faithfully, prayerfully stewarding and safeguarding our community. And so we think for us to be able to do all the things that we are committed to doing, all the things that we feel called to do, as a church by God, and also to grow and to seek further the renewal of our city, we need to see an increase in our annual giving of £90,000 per year. Isn't that like such a faith-building number? It's exciting. For some of you, you're thinking, gosh, that's a lot of money. Um, How are we going to do that? For some of you, you're thinking, yeah, it's pocket change. Um, uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So so let me break it down uh, a little bit uh, further for you. This is um, 90,000K on top of what is already gift and what we receive in income, which is around uh, half a million pounds. And you can see that green bar there. The vast majority is through the faithfulness of those who come here. So let me um, break down that a little bit further. Uh, At the moment, we currently have 165 regular gifts, an average of £135 per month. Um, Regular giving is one of the best ways to give as it helps us strategically plan for the future. If we know what's coming in, we know where we can invest as we go out. Uh, But some prefer uh, to give um, a bit more sporadically or in a one-off gift, particularly if you are paid or earn uh, in a different way to a monthly paycheck. Of those 165 givers, uh, many of them are households 
uh, or families giving together. And so uh, if you include couples and children into that number, uh, it represents around about 300 people in our community. 300 members of our church who are regularly invested into what we're doing here. Um, But we are also a growing church. Uh, We have planted, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we want to do more. Uh, We feel like we're kind of, we're not finished yet. Uh, We feel like God is calling us to the renewal of the whole city, not just those who are sat here today. And um, we have around about 600 people that we think uh, call St. Mary's home. Uh, who are regularly uh, attending one of our services or tables here. Here's the fun bit. When 90K increase starts to seem a lot more conceivable, for us to uh, see an increase of £90,000 into our uh, regular income here, all that would take is just 50 of those remaining 300, 50 new givers giving at our average amount of £135 a month. If that happened today, we would reach £90,000 today. £135 is our average amount that's kind of divided between all of those who give. For some of them, it's £10, and for some, it's a lot more. Uh, and so 135 for some, might be way too high to start or, or to join the ladder. Uh, and for others, they might be able to do more and stretch past that amount. If those who are currently giving, so that 165 number who are already giving, if each of those uh, gifts increased by an average of £45 a month, we would see an increase of £90,000 today. You see, this is the, the beauty of a church community. We can all play our part in this. Like This is the invitation we all get to play With some of us, it will be large amounts of money. Uh, For some of us, it will be smaller amounts of money. Uh, But whatever you give, it matters. Whatever you give counts. A few weeks back, our second church plant, Lord's Hill, uh, launched, it's having an immediate impact in that area of the city. We've already seen over the past four weeks a 50% increase in attendance on Sunday. Uh, And they are just about to launch next week two Alpha courses, uh, morning and evening. And then the next month after that, they're going to have to start a new service because they've already run out of space. Uh, We're having an impact in the city. And um, I can now confirm uh, that after a very long time of waiting and praying, uh, we will be taking on another site in the city centre at Lodge Road, just down the road here, and we'll be launching new services and creative ministries and uh, reaching into our city with the love and the good news of Jesus to reach those who are currently not yet sat next to you, but one day will be. If we want to, yeah, lovely. (laughs) Trying to address the very like real. I know we're not all from the UK, but like the British culture of like it's about money. But can I clap? Uh, yes, you can. Um, if we want to continue to plant and see new churches revitalised and grow, 
if we want to increase the growth and the impact of our youth ministry, if we want to expand Saints Kids both on a Sunday and throughout the week into our local community, if we want to start running regular morning alpha courses as well as those in the evening for those who can't get there, if we want to increase the impact of our Saints in the City ministries as we develop mentorship programs and our care for ex-offenders and many other plans that we've got, if we want to play our part in seeking the renewal of our city, seeking first the kingdom of God, well then your giving matters and your giving counts. So in a moment, we're going to have a time to respond and uh, we're going to pray. But before we do that, I just want to read you a prayer that was said here in St. Mary's and from the altar up there, a prayer that was read in 1964. It was read on the day of a civic service which was dedicating Southampton as a new city here in the UK. Uh, And it's going to come up on the screen behind me. They prayed this. Grant us a vision for our city where faith in the abiding presence of God will strive to set his name above all others. Amen. Grant us a vision for our city where the needs of our fellows become the challenge for sacrifices gladly given. Health safeguarded, homes protected and renewed, the deprived care for and the aged loved. Grant us a vision for our city where those who speak and write may be inspired by the light of your truth, where learning is set upon the best and surest foundation, where the young are made glad by the precepts of the Christian faith. Grant us a vision for our city, where the gospel of God's kingdom may, set, may sound out both on lips and in our lives, that our ships may be ambassadors of goodwill and our ports a lifeline to the national sustenance. And hear how the prayer finishes. To our vision, add our obedience. We pray, O God, seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. You see, our prayer remains the same. It's the same prayer that they've been praying here for 1,300 years. It's the same prayer that was prayed in the 60s and it is our prayer today as we stand on the shoulders of giants who have gone before us and have prayed before us and have invested and sowed before us. Lord, let your kingdom come in our time. Amen.